and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor. And, and Trish McGregor. And our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and where you can find out about our books. Among them are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, The Secrets of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard. Our upcoming book is called The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's latest novel is White Crows, and Rob has been slowly releasing the audio edition of Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings. Our guest today is Angela Wilk. Wilcroft. How do, how do I say your last name? Wilhoft? It's Wilhoft. Wilhoft. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Who's a spiritual medium, a conduit between two worlds. As an evidential medium, she serves the physical by giving hope that life continues after death. In serving the spiritual realm, Angela aims to honor the life they lived and pass along the messages of love and comfort to the bereaved. She looks to provide hope and comfort to people questioning the possibility of life after death and healing from those for those who are suffering with grief. Honoring her commitment to two worlds, she offers facts about the life and personality of the departed that can only be confirmed by her client. Using intuitive guidance, mediumship, and astrology, Angela helps clients through decision-making and healing. It's so great to have you on. I've been looking forward to this so much. Oh, thank you. And thank you for the introduction. <laughs> okay. The obvious question. Oh, no. I can't believe this. Hold on a second. What happened? <laughs> it's Megan. All good. <laughs> Megan. Yes? We're in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. Man. Okay. Love you. Bye. <laughs> oh. You can, All right, include, Angela. <laughs> you can include that or take it out, John. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, you know, my, mine are at a birthday party. I might get a phone call. Who knows? <laughs> okay, <laughs> how'd you get started as a medium? <clears throat> um, so I think I always had some natural abilities. Um, I know that. Um, but uh, really, after losing my mom, I sort of... Um, I went down a rabbit hole of uh, trying to figure out where she went. Uh, what 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 form did she take on? Um, How was, old were you? I was uh, twenty eight. Oh, okay. Saturn return. Yeah, my Saturn return. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so I, I started researching NDEs. I was on Raymond Moody's website reading the books. Like I did all the things when you go into afterlife research. Um, and then, um, because my, my whole hope was I needed to understand what form she had taken on so that I knew what to expect in a visitation, mm-hmm. um, because I really wanted a visitation, uh, and, and I, I, I begged for a visitation for five years. Um, I got no visitation. I got huh. nothing. I got crickets and it was incredibly, uh, it, it was, it, it was very disappointing. Um, And then I think I came into a place where I was aligned with my soul. Um, I just started living more authentically, saying what was on my mind, um, living my truth, sort of. Mm -hmm. And I think that authenticity opened some door because very randomly, it seemed, um, I had a visitation. Um, and it was like, I, I, she came one night. Um, it was a, a, it just soul, soul, my soul was just blown open by the visitation because it was so much more intense than I had thought it would be, um, on an emotional connective level. It wasn't just something you see, it was Mm -hmm. something you experienced. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so when she came through, I, I, I think she, the, the door wasn't left wide open, um, but she left a crack. And I think that over the years, that crack just opened more and more and more with training and, and the more experiences that I had with the spiritual realm, the more that door opened. Were you sleeping at the time when that happened? I was not. Okay. I was in bed. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a night owl, so I was probably reading. Um, but I remember just all of a sudden feeling this sense of peace wash over me. Mm-hmm. And I think people who've not been living in complete peace can relate to when you've experienced peace and, and, and just the, um, almost like your soul settles down or something inside of you just settles down. You, you notice it. And so the sense of peace just washed over me. And then I just saw these hearts and they were coming from the corner of the room. And I knew that with those hearts, that was my mother sending me love. And it just went on from there. It was, it was, wow. You know, so she took the form of hearts. (laughs) <laughs> she did. Yeah, that's interesting. She did. she did. But it was almost like those hearts were the symbol um, of her love. And but I felt her as if she were standing in the room with me. It was mm-hmm. like if you walk in the room and and Mr. Rob's in the room and you're <clears> just like you don't even have to have your eyes open to know he's in the room. Right. You know, and that's how it was. That's what it felt uh, like. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, where just, did it go? Where did it go from there for you? Um, becoming a medium. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, um, it, the, the experience was wow for me. What, what shocked me the most is that same evening following my mom, um, my husband's grandfather sort of made a brief connection with me as well. And my husband Mm -hmm. confirmed some pieces of evidence, um, because I was asking him about it. And, um, at this point, I'd woken him up. <laughs> like, hey, you won't believe what's happening over here. <laughs> you know, my mom's here. She woke the baby up. The baby's been playing with my hair. Like there was a whole thing that happened. Um, and so um, I- I'm telling him about it. He was able to um, confirm some evidence of his grandfather. And um, then I, I, I just went on the search to find out wow. So I can understand having a visitation from my mom, but not my husband's grandfather. Uh So I went to a medium and I sat down with her and I said, please tell me I'm not a medium. (laughs) 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 Because that was scary. She was like, well, it wasn't scary. No, it wasn't scary. Um, But it, it, it worried me. I think Um, at that point I'd, um, sort of, uh, um, I'd taken a pause from a lot of metaphysical, um, activities in my life. And I was going to have to explain that. And I will, (laughs) I promise. Um, I'd taken a pause through from metaphysical activities. And I think I definitely entered into more of a conventional lifestyle, more of what, um, was expected. Um, and so, So was it a situation where you're surrounded by people who are not into the metaphysical? Is that part of it? Pretty much. Yes. And there's also a religious component to that. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I grew up in the church, um, friends, family, everyone was, I mean, pretty much everyone I I knew was part of the Christian church in some form or fashion. Um, And so to come out and say, I'm speaking to the dead um, (laughs) would have been a a big like, whoa, you sure? You don't want to do that. You'll go to, you know. H-E double hockey sticks, you know, and we don't (laughs) want that. Um, So, so I I did not really want more for just the repercussions. I thought um, in my life, I didn't want to be a medium. And also there is an aspect of it from my childhood, having scary experiences where I didn't really want a ton of I'd love more visitations from my mom, but I didn't know if I wanted to open the door for whatever might follow. I've learned a lot since then about, um, you know, the way mediumship fits into my spirituality. And um, I've taken definitely more of a spiritual path, um, not so much a religious one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my friends and family have, for the most part, been incredibly um, receptive to, to how this is playing out in my life. And I think they can see, I mean, the evidence I think is in um, my sessions, you know, I'm, I do this work out of love. Um, And it would be impossible to say that there's not some higher power present in these. I, I see mediumship as like three steps. The first step being like random experiences that come to you like after somebody dies who you know and they suddenly appear to you maybe in a dream or uh whatever and then the second step would be the ability to ask that for that person to come through and that comes through and i guess the third step would be to work with people who you don't know and Mm -hmm. ask for their uh, exactly yeah And, and that's that seems to be the most difficult to me um, I, that is really where, um, you know, after the experience with sitting down with the medium and, um, uh, I, 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 I did, I just went in a thousand different directions, um, in searching for answers. I explored it really, what really opened the door for me working with other people was I explored the charismatic Christian churches and the gift of prophecy. Um, and I use quotes when I say that just because it's like they, they have the spiritual gifts sort of listed. Uh-huh. Um, and that's the one that people, um, seek out the most, I think. Um, but that, that gift of prophecy thing, um, really sort of, I, I started to see how passing along messages from what I was perceiving as like the higher self or God, um, seeing how those passing along those messages in that way really benefited people. And from there, I, but, but you had to, it was all done within a church setting or in a very religious setting. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to explore a little bit further how I might bring that in with more just intention in my daily life. Um, and so I, I went to a metaphysical center and that's when uh, th- that's when the, the, the door blew open, really. Mm-hmm. I, I oh. took some classes. Um, we have a great guy in the area, uh, Sid Patrick. He owned a metaphysical resource center in Metairie and um, he offered intuitive de- development, um, mediumship 101. And after my first mediumship class, I was that that was it for me. Is your mom one of your guides? Um, I don't think she's one of my guides. I think she is an influencer of sorts. Um, I think that my mom tends to take on the role of organizer, project planner. Um, I, I, I would, I wouldn't doubt that it was my mom who passed along my Facebook page to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that super- showed up so randomly. I'll tell you that's right. so funny. Right. And so, um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how she, yeah, but that seems to be her role. Um, she's always giving me hints of what's coming in the future. Um, she, she came to me several years ago and she lays out cause I, I I do this meditation where I, I, I meet with them and um, she sits at the table and she lays out this book like this thick <laughs> and the pages just fan out everywhere. And she has all of these pencils in her hair. And I was like, what are you showing me? What is this book? And at the time I wasn't writing anything. And um, a couple of years later, I had a, a COVID project that turned into another one of my life's great passions, which is now I'm I'm writing books. I'm in the process of writing books, so it's been huh. it's been a journey with her at my side. Interesting. The pencils in the hair—that's pretty vivid, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, it was great. It was like wow. And so, so thanks. How has your family or your husband uh, reacted to this uh, direction in your, your life? <laughs> You know, um, I have to tell you, they've been amazing. Um, Uh I think people who knew me in childhood already knew, I think. Um, So it was almost like, well, yeah, okay. I mean, (laughs) you know, you can't really say that it's um, a bad thing when it's something that's been with the child since they were two. Uh And, And there were other random little 
pieces of evidence, I think, that I might have some ability from, you know, um, very, very young age. I had, I had a hemangioma right here. This The big um, strawberry is what they called it huh. on my third eye wow. um, that appeared at about three, three and a half months old. And, you know, if you go through the astrology and you progress a chart, three and a half months would be around mid thirties. And mm-hmm. mid thirties is when I really stepped into being a medium huh. psychic. So just an interesting thought of mine. But I think the people in my life who already knew, knew. Mm -hmm. Um, And my husband has just been my, he's my, he champions everything I do. He's super um, intuitive himself, although I don't think he'd really call it that. Um, (laughs) But he's definitely got some creativity and um, he's, he's totally tapped in. He has what a about gut, your feeling, kids? gut feelings. Yes. Yeah, gut exactly. Feelings. <laughs> exactly. He knows things, you know, and, yeah, and right. sometimes he'll just tell me like, you know, maybe consider going in a different direction with this or that. Like if, if I'm telling something I'm writing about, or if I'm mm-hmm. thinking about making a, um, you know, a Facebook post um, for a particular, you know, intuitive sort of um, intuitively inspired post. And, and he's always spot on. He's got a really keen sense of judgment. Mm-hmm. What about your kids? How do they? Um, well, oh, how many kids do you have? I have two, 11 two. and seven, and they are uh-huh. psychic as the day is long. Uh-huh. Um, I have my 11 my, my year old has always been my lucid dreamer, my, um, my very, very uh, prophetic in the sense that she can just tell you um, uh, just random bits and pieces of you know, mommy, we're going to live in this house for 10 years and then we're going to build something, you know, and then it'll happen. So, um, so she's always been my, my, uh, she's got an eye for the future. Um, and my youngest, uh, she's definitely mediumistic. Uh, she'll, she'll tell me things, you know, your mommy loved to make you sandwiches and they didn't have meat on them. And my mom made me mayonnaise <laughs> sandwiches. And it's like, how would you know that? You know? So, yeah, right. so, uh, even as That's a medium, funny. I get surprised, but yeah, they're yeah. very, very psychic children. My, yeah. my, my youngest is very altruistic too. So I feel like she might have the inclination at some point to utilize that gift. Yeah, I noticed that uh, when children are around on uh, with uh, doing some anything related to the paranormal or psychic abilities, that they're the ones who really tune in. Uh, remember when we had Carol Bowman, Trish, uh, yeah. for doing past life readings with a group past life readings, about half, about a third to a half were were children or Megan's and, friends, <laughs> right? Megan's friends. Nice. And they came up with all these past lives and the adults were thinking, well, I don't know if I really got anything, <laughs> but the kids just wanted to dominate and <laughs> tell, tell their stories. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, kids have amazing things happening behind their eyes. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah, we just need to, um, you know, I think ask them about it. Yeah. Be, be open-minded to their experiences. Okay. So now tell us why you left the psychic world for a while. I found this fascinating. (laughs) Well, um, so childhood for me was always things that go bump in the night. Um, Mm. I was not the kind of psychic who could walk in a room and know if a person was bad or good or know if somebody was getting a divorce or anything like that. It wasn't that kind of psychic nature. Mine always tended to be um, in, in times when I was alone and forced to be present with myself that's when I would have phenomenon. Um, and so childhood in general was kind of a frightening dream. States were always <laughs> scary. And, you know, I mean, I was just yeah. like a kid. Um, but when I was 18, I had an experience that was very frightening in nature and it left me, um, so frightened that for, about a year, year and a half after it happened, I was 18. I was a senior in high school. I wedged a twin size mattress between a wall and my mother's side of the bed. And I slept in my parents' room for an entire 18 months or so. Mm. I'm sure they loved it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But so I had this experience that frightened me so much that I truly didn't want to have anything to do with the here and now. And I, I think I shut it down. I think I just shut it off. Um, and I still, every now and then would, you know, purchase a 
book on metaphysics or something like that here and there, but I was no longer like willing to step into it. How did you get beyond that? Um, how did I get beyond the um, experience? Yeah. Um, um, explain the experience. <laughs> If you feel comfortable to it, <laughs> I'll explain it. I don't talk about it publicly. Um, I've never talked about it publicly, actually, but I will. Um, I'm happy to because I think we have to own our experiences mm-hmm. um, and and whatever it was. Um, I truly don't know what it was. And I think that's part of what stopped me from opening up about it or even exploring it so much. Um part of the exploration of it is fear of what I might find. And uh-huh. part of the opening up to it, I think is just, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever have the answers. However, um, what happened? Um, I was at a sleepover with my friend and, um, I remember bits and pieces of the experience. And I, I guess, um, nothing was really notable about the time of year or anything that was happening in my life. No, no major stresses or anything like that. Um, but I'm laying in bed and I think I had been asleep and I remember waking up to like light in the room. And it was almost as if just light, like the whole room was full of light. Um, and then it's almost like my memory starts to kind of come in clicks after that of, of just moments that I remember. Um, I remember the light flooding the room. And then I remember not really being there or feeling not in the bed. Um, and then I remember coming back and I was laying on my back again, but this time I, I believe this time I was on top of the sheets And I remember this like fear sort of starting to set in and like this, the recollection of something happening within my mouth uh, and the taste of metal or, or like a foreign, it just tastes something foreign in my mouth. Um, And I remember this pinpoint of light, almost the second that I started to have any sort of recollection, um, there's this pinpoint of light. And I, like a magnet, was attached to my chest. I'm pulled to sit. Um, And my arms, like this light wasn't shining at me. It was shining across the room and it was a beam. Not like the earlier light-filled room, Uh but like a beam of light. And my arms just went straight in front. And um, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like, I can't, I can't move my arm. Like I, it was out of my control. Like I couldn't not have my arms like this. And it was just this numbness, but fear at the same time. And um, then all of a sudden I start hearing this. Uh, it sounded like a continuous ring of a rotary telephone God. and it just rang continuously. And as it started, I had an instant of recollection that I was not the only person in the house that might've experienced something. And I did feel that the people that like my friend Lacey, who was still sleeping beside me soundly, that (laughs) something had been done to them to make them sleep. Um, And as soon as the rotary phones started ringing, I just knew they were erasing my memory. Hmm, And who they were, um, You know, I, I I don't know, um, but I know that it was profound enough. Um, and and after that, it was literally like just slump back in the bed, fall asleep, wake up, and sleep with your parents for eighteen months. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it sounds so, like a, it sounds like an alien abduction experience. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. Um, Do you have and, any Im- images of the beings or of of what you I, were, look, were with? Not so much. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know that there were, I, I just truly don't know. It, it left me with so many gaps in my memory and, and not knowing and wondering um, and knowing it was real um, mm-hmm. to, to me, it was real. I, I, I switched my major. Um, I don't remember what I was going to go into, but I switched it to psychology um, just so that I could find a rational reason 
a rational explanation for what was wrong with me. Because mm-hmm. previous to this, the shadows were always crawling on my, my walls. And like, you know, so I, I just thought maybe uh, something was wrong with my mind. Um, in, in college, uh, through s- studying psychology, I did ultimately come to a conclusion that it must have been sleep paralysis. Uh, the older I've gotten, um, the more open-minded I am that it could have been an abduction and it could have been sleep paralysis. I truly don't, I don't know. Um, but did it anybody was, else at the slumber party experience anything? No, it was they, just me and my friend Lacey who were sleeping uh-huh. and her family and her little sister. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of remember thinking about her little sister a little bit, almost, um, almost like an intuitive nudge mm-hmm. that she was affected to, but we've never really huh. bridged that yeah. in discussion. So I don't know, <laughs> but it scared me. And I, yeah, so I, I could then why. I decided, I was just like, <clears throat> I don't want to be part of anything that is not firmly in the here and now. Hmm. So you going to write long? about this? <laughs> What's that? Are you going to write about this? <laughs> I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've thought about it. I don't, I don't know. You might remember more if you do. Perhaps, you know, the first, you know. uh, I, our email exchange was the first time I even remotely um, mentioned huh. it in years. Interesting. So uh, that was definitely the first time it came onto pen and paper in any form. That may explain a lot, you know, in terms of your maturing into your psychic ability, I think. Okay. Um, perhaps because I will say this, when I entered into the world of psychism, um, and mediumship. I was at a minis- I was at a mediumship um, workshop in New Jersey, and um, and one of the mediums. We were, you know, standing around each other, doing, you know, just psychic psychic work with each other. And one of them said to me, "She said, when you get past your fear, you're mm. going to open up all the way." And um, I think fear has been a huge part of my journey in terms of just receiving life's experiences as they come Mm -hmm. um, and not trying to control them so much. Uh, So, yeah, Mm. I could agree. It it helped me grow as a, it helped me grow spiritually. And as, as your spirituality grows, your mediumship grows, it's Uh like hand in hand, you know, like one goes up, the other goes up. Trish mentioned that uh, a medium told you that you were going to be on a podcast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and what she said was, you're going to get an, op- you're going to get an offer out of the blue. You won't even know it's coming and you're going to be on a podcast. And I was like, huh, no interest in podcast. But and then here comes Trish. How, how, long, how long was that? When was that? When did, when did she tell you that? Um, I mean, how, how much? She told me that in October ish. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, tell us, how do you get messages? I mean, is it impressions? Is it sounds? Is it voices? What? Because it seems to to vary for each medium. It does. Um, so for me, I am primarily clairaudient and clairvoyant. Mm. Um, <clears throat> however, most in the very beginning of this work, my images would come separate from a word or a word would come separate from a gut I feeling, miss, but uh-huh. they would correlate. And now when spirit communicates, they mesh them all together. So in a, in a flash, I might look at you and say, I see an apple this is associated with an aunt who happened to be a teacher or she taught you a lot. Um, or so that would be, and it would just be like the sense of an aunt and seeing the aunt clairvoyantly, like in a structure around you, because I, the way I work with spirit is I have them use like the relative tree around a person. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so like aunts stand on this side and uncles here, ah. and the male and the female are on separate sides. So, um, and I might just, uh, sort of feel um, someone who still feels like they're imparting knowledge in some way in uh-huh. the spirit world. And so I seem to think that that's a teacher over there. And they've shown me the apple, which is my symbol for teacher. So I already know that. And then I might hear the words 
um, get it together. You're going to be late. And I seem to know that this kept you on task. So um, that's sort of how it works for me. It'll just kind of all be at once. Now, once I get really connected with my sitter, like in a one-on-one session, um, what will sometimes happen is the, the, the space around them, um, the air around them sort of distorts and, um, and, and sometimes it's almost like the waves of spirits. It's almost like you can sense the, the movement of the spirit uh-huh. around that person in their auric field. Um, or another, I'll, uh, another thing that'll happen when I'm strongly connected is, um, I'll have a, a shadow that morphs into a different shape and that shape morphs into something else. And it's almost uh-huh. like this just continuous play with the shadows, I've had a couple of objective experiences where I have a, a person that I could almost touch. Um, and, and those, those have been rare. I, I, three or four, I've had three or four of those. Um, you mean where you touch the spirit, you, you could almost touch they, the spirit. I could, I, I see them as if they're standing okay. in the room with me. Oh, wow. um, yeah. That's so, um, yeah, I've had a couple of those and that's, uh, always like, it's just like a, it's a gift. I mean, you know, it's like a present from the universe when you get that one, you know, it's like, oh, but it's not somebody that you would know you would have known in life or. Um, well, it was funny. One of them uh, was my husband's grandmother. I, I you know, uh, and, and these always tend to happen when I'm in a very, very relaxed state of consciousness. Um my husband's grandmother, I just remember dreaming that she was, that, that, that I, I remember dreaming of a person and just knowing that when I opened my eyes, there was going to be someone there. And so I opened hmm. my eyes and there was a woman sitting at the foot of our bed with her back to me. And, um, I felt she was there just comforting him. Um, hmm. and, it was kind of interesting because we were we were able later to kind of confirm different details about her hair and things like that. And it was his grandmother uh-huh. and um, or her, her, his great grandmother, actually. And so, um, yeah. And the other time it was, uh, I, I believe it, the, the, the other time that it happened that was personal in nature. And I've had it happen a time or two in like a mediumship circle uh-huh. um, when you get in that really deep state of consciousness and the ideas and thoughts and things are just flowing with people. But the other time it happened on a personal level for me, I was laying in bed. I'd been very worried about my younger daughter's health. And, um, and I, the same thing happened, but it was like nine or like, I'd probably say eight, nine o'clock in the morning. I wake up and I just know as soon as I open my eyes, there's going to be a little boy standing here. Oh. I saw him behind my eyes first. And when I opened my eyes, he was there and he was about seven or eight years old. He was, he looked so serene and the room was just like a, like the visitation with my mom. I was like uh-huh. that sense of peace. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. Wow. What, what would he have had to do with your daughter's health? Uh, I, I knew as soon as I saw him, he had come to let me know that he, she had people watching out for her and I could oh, let it go right. a little That's, bit. Wow. It was this sense of, cause he brought such a, a sense of I'm watching over because that's what he was doing. She was, I'm sorry. I should have mentioned she was asleep in the bed next to me uh-huh. as it happened. Um, so that he was looking at, down at her. He wasn't looking at me and mm. looking down at her. And I remember thinking, oh, she's good. He's got her, you know? Huh. And then as soon as I blinked, it was, it was gone. Wow. In your training, Angela, as a uh, medium, is there any per, one person or people who have been a, very influential for you to help you absolutely, along? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been, so fortunate. Um, so starting out, um, or, you know, doing things with the, um, MRC in Metairie, Louisiana, that was huge. Um, Sid Patrick there, um, he was always so keen to take on students in his mediumship classes. And he was always trying to plan a trip or is always trying to plan trips out of state to go to workshops and things like that. So he was great. Um, over time, you know, you find a ton of your learning comes from uh, 
books and yourself and the people that you meet along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I, I became uh, friends with a well-known medium in the area, Nicole Riley. She's, um, I work in an office space with her now. So she and I have always had this awesome um, exchange of ideas and thoughts and, and knowledge. Um, so I'm super fortunate there to have an experienced medium sort of in my daily life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I take part in an online circle. And this circle has probably been the biggest instigator in my growth um, with Christine Morgan. She's out of Australia, works at Arthur Finley. And uh, she she actually does some classes with uh, Journey Within in New Jersey as well now online Zoom class. Um, but Christine has been, I do a weekly circle with, with her and um, several mediums from across the world. And that has been, um, that's going to be fascinating. Oh, is it, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's such an awesome experience. And, um, you know, mediumship is, is an oral tradition. So, so much of it is just knowledge passed down in the moment of sharing mm-hmm. knowledge, not something that you can really plan to do in a class or right. yeah. it, it's, uh, it's so organic, the way yeah. knowledge is passed down in that, in that work, in, the, in, in this, in this career. Yeah. So mm. what role does astrology play in your work as a medium? Oh, well, uh, an ever increasing one, which okay. is strange. Um, so, you know, I've always been into astrology. Um, it was probably the only thing metaphysical in nature that I still kept up with mm-hmm. over the years. I was telling Trish, I believe I, uh, I, I probably read many of her um, the things that she wrote <laughs> along the way. <laughs> um, but um Typically, I mean, I read my chart daily. I look at the transits daily. I'm, you know, more frequently I'm posting on astrological things because I'm, I do find that I have a little psychic insight that I sort of combine with that. And I think that's every astrologer Uh has, tends to be a little psychic also. Um, (laughs) Super sorry. Our dogs are going to start. (laughs) (laughs) Meg and the Bernadoodle. Um, (laughs) So, um, so right now, um, I do probably my mediumship and intuitive guidance. I spend probably seventy percent of my time with clients on that, and thirty percent with astrology. Mm -hmm. I do have a reading where I combine them. And I think it's really helpful. I do um, sort of a combo, 45 minutes of mediumship and intuitive guidance, and then 45 minutes of Uh chart interpretation that I utilize to confirm. I don't look at the chart beforehand. I look at after. And I use the timing of transits and things to confirm, like if I said earlier in the reading, I think in the fall, you're going to get a new job. It feels Uh like September to me. And I'll look in the chart and we'll see, oh, there's a, you know, a new moon in your 10th house, September the 9th or whatever. And there you go. Hmm. What, um, oh, I had another question for you. Shoot. You're all good. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, did my doodle right. distract you too? Yeah, me too. <laughs> then I hear my dogs back here panting. I don't know well, you, you know that Trish is an astrologer, and yeah, no, we've always, talked. She's oh, always yes. she's always talking about Mercury retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's coming soon too. So yeah, it is. Up. Ugh, Mercury and cool. Libra too. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. What? Okay. Describe what you know about what happens, what goes on in the afterlife? I mean, um, what, what what is the setting like? Is it like whatever you imagine? Is it your beliefs or what? I think it is sort of some um, strange combination of things like that. I do mm-hmm. think that um, we retain the essence of who we are when we pass on. So um, I think that if, religion was a huge part of your Uh life here, you will have a natural inclination, not necessarily that it is your steadfast belief anymore, but you will have a natural inclination to find beauty in the things that you would have found beauty in, in the physical life. And so in 
in the spirit world, I see them as almost um, creating their own reality, uh-huh. but it is based on their their likes and their pre, you know predilections uh-huh. and and things like that. Mm-hmm. I remember reading that I think it was in one of Robert Monroe's books where he talks about different tiers in the afterlife. And he said there's a, a special place where doctors go because they tend to be such skeptics in, in, <laughs> in physical life. So then they go to this place and it's, oh, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> right, right. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't doubt that um, there's definitely a a phase of education um, uh-huh. for people who are skeptical in the physical. Um, I do sometimes in my readings, I'll, I'll, I'll get little hints of, of what it must be like over there. Um, I remember having one where it was a woman's son and um, he didn't believe and he'd struggled, you know, with his mental health. And um, he was, he was firmly a skeptic in the physical life. And um, I remember in the session that he literally said it was like, I popped up over here. Oh, I wow. didn't expect it. And it was, um, and, and from there he had to sort of, um, almost, uh, like he would take a step forward and, and then it was like the spirit world would meet him there. You know, uh-huh. it's like, uh, there were, there was definitely like some guidance he, because there was an uncle who came in for him and uh-huh. sort of took him under his wing and was like, this is how it goes now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this. How did he um, die? Um, I believe it was suicide. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happens to suicides in the afterlife? Well, um, I don't. Uh, I might be judged pretty heavily for saying this, but <laughs> I don't. I don't think their experience in in the afterlife is much different than the experience of anyone else in the That's afterlife. What um, I do know that many times they'll pop over there and they're with aunts, uncles, brothers, cousins, mothers, whoever is they have over there already. And there's really not been, um, you know, a, a ton of, of, uh, they, they always talk about going back to school if you've committed suicide or you have to mm-hmm. go through a certain level training and stuff. And sometimes in the cases of mental illness, especially, I find that they, don't necessarily undergo such um it doesn't feel like they've undergone extensive um training to get to where uh-huh. people might be however um i have also i have evidence of people who do have to work very hard to sort of increase their um I hate to use the, the term heavenly status, but it's almost like yeah, there, no, are, there are, there do seem to be layers and levels. Um, and they don't seem to be hard and fast levels. They seem to have a lot of wiggle room between. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I truly think that the soul's progression is almost um, a progression towards the higher power, towards ultimate, like just supreme love. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I think because you didn't, love yourself enough to give your soul the experiences that it deserved or needed in the physical life to continue to, to, to make sure that it continued on. I do think that there's a self-love issue that you have to address when you get to the spirit world. And that is what tends to hold people back from the progression into Uh other levels. That's how I feel. Yeah. And so isn't there a tendency, uh, for some spirits to hang around earth after death and uh, like re-experiencing uh, their life or to uh, peering into what's going on here and oh. still, still identifying with the. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think they never leave really. Um, I think that there are certain, certain times in our life when their presence is more um, known, uh, definitely more easily felt. Um, and some of that is where we are. And some of that is what they know or where, where they are. Um, an example of it being like where I am would be like my awakening to spirit. I was in a great place. I was, mm-hmm. you know, um, <clears throat> finally trying to live my truth and um, 
spirit came in very easily. It was very natural because my soul had reached a vibration that aligned with theirs. Um, the other as- aspect of that with them hanging around after a passing specifically, I tend to, um, I, I know that there are more, there's more phenomenon. There's definitely they've that their residual energy is still mm-hmm. on the earth. Um, different things that they touched, loved, were part of. They'll their 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 energy will be felt more easily in a room because of that residual energy. Um, but I also feel that um, they have uh, sort of times where they will come down, especially if they know you're about to have a life event of some kind. Um, I think that they really start to linger around us more. Um, that and, and again, that's when you start seeing the phenomenon in your house, you know, the the clock that's always, right. you know, that's when synchronicity happens. The, the alarm's always going off. <laughs> right. right. That it's like, yeah, you can feel spirit in your life. Um, mm. and you can feel it when they are still hovering around. I find grief, heavy, heavy grief will tie them here a little bit. And um you know, sometimes it's reluctant would be a, a a poor choice for word in describing that the spirit is is ready to not be tied or bound by grief. Um, but there is almost like this soul urging to continue into spirit world and continue to experience and evolve there. However, um, you know, the grief of the person on, in the physical life, they, out of love for them, will stick around and work to do what they mm-hmm. can to heal that grief. Uh, but I have, a, I have an astrology question. Um, years ago, we, I think, I think it was Tony Grasso's friend, Rob. This guy had said, well, I remember right before I was born, looking at two charts. One of them was Prince Charles' chart, and another was the chart for the man, for the guy I am now. And I, I, I was going to choose. <laughs> I looked at him. I said, why didn't you choose Prince Charles? <laughs> and he said, I don't know. <laughs> but this idea that, that um, I've always felt that that probably is true, that you, that you choose your time of birth, your circumstances, your family, and what, and what you're going to work on in this life. I agree. Yeah. I strongly agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think definitely. Um, I, I I did a a meditation, a past life for, I don't know if it was a past life regression so much, but um, we have uh, a great hypno um, hypnotherapist um, in new Orleans, Tony Bowden. And she led us in a, um, a group um, hypnosis session. And I remember before this life came in, um, I remember standing on a hill and I was looking out and there was like a hologram of the earth. And I knew that I was going back to earth. Um, Mm. and it was like a task that I'd been assigned. Uh So I do Mm. believe that we're, we're given some degree of choice. Do you have any sense of any past lives? I did do a past life regression. Um, with her on a separate occasion. And, um, I believe I was, um, I I don't even think it was a very notable life. It was the one that she regressed me to, to get over some trauma, but I was a woman who lived alone and, um, my entire life was spent isolated from the outside world, basically. Um, so that's kind of, uh, the only thing that I have a sharp or, you know, a, a real memory of. Uh-huh. Do you know why? Why? Why I only remember that one? Well, no, why, why you were isolated in that life? Um, you know, I, part of my awakening in this life, um, right after my mother died, and my mom was my very, very best friend. Um, Right after my mother died, my dad got a girlfriend pretty, pretty fast, pretty quick, um, and was kind of like busy there. And my brother had three kids and he was busy there. And my husband um, decided very abruptly to reroute us or uproot us and move us to New Orleans area (laughs) for his family's um, business so he could work with his family. And I came here and I knew no one. And um, it was... I remember going months 
without a phone call. Hmm. And so it was this period of isolation, but it was also within that period of isolation that I got really in touch with me. Um, But I think that that uh, lesson came back to play in this life to see if I had learned the lesson. And the reason that my past life self did not leave that little shack in the woods Uh was because um, I feared other people. And so in this life, I kind of got to revisit that a little bit. Damn, Angela, this this could be a a novel. (laughs) You're you're living this life in the shack and you're isolated from people. I mean, really, it's so it's fascinating. Yeah, it was uh, it was an intense life, I think. Uh, I think she had a dog, though. I do remember a dog was at her feet. So I find it interesting this life. I have a dog and he's literally at my feet right now. What uh, that that was one of my questions. What what happened? I mean, so many of us have pets and they they don't live long enough. So what happens to them when they pass? Oh, they're with us. Um, okay, or they go with for, but- Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, the first time I brought through a dog, I thought, I am losing my mind. I'm talking about this dog's special diet of chicken and bananas. Like who feeds their dog chicken and bananas? You know, and so um, it was like this, yeah, it really blew my mind too. But the reality is, um, you know, first of all, if there is a person uh, already in spirit, say the the, the dog's former mm-hmm. owner, I mean, they run right into mom or dad's arms again. Um, and they're together and they will often appear to me, um, if I'm speaking with say someone's lost their son and uh-huh. he has a, a dog with him in spirit, he will show me the dog and I'll say, Oh, he, he has his dog with him. You know, um, sometimes, um, uh, if, if you don't have, you know, mom or dad or the, the dog's owner in spirit, you know, for us, for the typical experience would be, um, that, one of our relatives tends to take over with loving and caring for the animal, uh, I think, and not really caring for the animal, but definitely companions and yeah. sort of traveling together over there. Hmm. Angela, what kind of people come to you for readings and why do they want readings? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> um, so early, early on in my career as a medium, um, someone, we were at a workshop and a whole group of mediums were, were talking about their target client. Mm-hmm. And um, my target client is a woman in her 40s who makes X number of dollars a year. And and then another person was, you know, she preferred to work with people who, you know, needed help with relationships and things like that. And because she had personal experience with that. And that was really what made her. And I remember thinking all this conversation happening around me. And I remember thinking, whoever God sends me, whoever is most broken. Um, and, and truly, because this work for me has been so much about grief. I have, I have a lot of experience with grief. Um, I think that is my soul's calling. I think I, I've got... Um, a definite wounded healer aspect. Um, Where's your Chiron? It's conjunct my 10th in the night. (laughs) I vaguely remember that. Okay. Yeah. So um, in in the sign of Taurus, Taurus Uh the healer too. (laughs) So, um, but for me, it is definitely the grieving. I think, I hope that they think of me. Um, you know, because I, I do try truly, I mean, I think primarily I try to honor the life of the person who departed and not just talk about how they died, but to talk about how they lived, uh-huh. um, and bring through personality aspects. I find that over time, my gift has morphed or ability has morphed. Um, I started out, I'd be able to describe a hair color, eye color, their shape. And if they liked football and, <laughs> And now um, I, I really feel them as if they are in the room and it's almost like a conversation is happening. Um, but but the conversation comes through in feelings, not words all the time. So it's just the essence of the personality impressing upon mine. And uh-huh. um, in that way, you know, I, I find that in that way, you, you get a lot of the client, um, I hope, gets a lot of healing and just knowing 
they're still themselves, mm-hmm. you know. You have to go to Casa Dega. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. You, she would fit in, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so. Um, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. I actually met someone from Casa Dega at a workshop um, we did in New Orleans. Oh, really? And Somebody um, who yeah, lived there? Yeah, lives there. And I remember thinking, I've got to get over there. After conversation <laughs> with them, I was just like, oh. So one yeah. day, I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just let we, us know. We'll meet Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we met Whitley Strieber at Casa Dega, oddly enough. <laughs> oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, it's an un- unusual situation. We were <laughs> Trish was doing uh, uh, an astrology workshop at Casa Dega, and we, we were just leaving, and he contacted, I can't remember if it was a call or it was a text oh, message. Oh, a text or message. What? Right. He said, have you ever heard of Casa Dega? <laughs> and you know, we answered, well, we're just leaving Casa Dega. <laughs> <laughs> He said his brother got in contact with him for some reason and said, you should go to this place called Casa Dega, Florida. Oh, <laughs> and nice. So, and so we made an arrangement. And a couple of months later, we we met him there. Yeah, First it was, time it was we ever met him in person. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the brother was in spirit and told him to. No, well, brother his brother's physical. alive. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's he, how my mind works. The brother's in spirit. <laughs> yeah, right. me, say, go to Casa Dega. So, it, it, <laughs> it may have been Anne. Rob, who who mm. also encouraged it, and his yeah. wife is in spirit. Yes, yes. So. Okay. okay, interesting. Isn't that yeah. something? So he he yeah. went across the street and he had a reading with our uh, psychic medium friend Kathy. Okay, who, who lives in Casa Dega, and he came back and he goes, "She's really good." I said, "That's yeah. really <laughs> awesome." Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we were with uh, another you- another person too. Joined us who is. Uh, a kind of mysterious person who's written a lot of metaphysical books and they're very deep and intense. And over the years, we've kind of figured out this, this guy has been involved with the CIA uh, as a consultant or mm-hmm. one thing or another uh, from things he has said. And so it was odd that he didn't go, he get, didn't get a reading. So I said, Peter, why don't, <laughs> why don't you get a reading? Uh, he said, uh, well, it would be interesting, but I'd have to kill the person afterwards. <laughs> jo- jokingly. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. Awesome. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Sometimes you you you're you know you're working with people and you find out things that you're like, oh, I don't know that they would want me yeah, to I know. Right. So there, there's a there's a good bit of discretion in what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. discretion is certainly key, I think, uh, in a lot of situations, you know, with Oh, I've had some 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 moral pickles. <laughs> yeah, if somebody who is a criminal uh, or has you know committed right. a murder or something comes to you, that yeah. that's a very tricky situation. You know, yeah that that actually did happen um, once. Uh-oh. I had a, a serial a, killer, <laughs> not a serial killer so much, but there it was um, a, a woman, and and she had um, you know she was at fault in her child's death. Um, And it was in a moment of, you know, anger and it was, you know, but the the child came through for her mother to give her mother forgiveness. Wow. And I thought that was, Hmm. and, and what happened with that, that whole reading really blew my mind. We had, um, I had a lot of phenomenon in my house for a couple of days. My daughter's tablets, you know, the little Kindle tablets went missing. One of the the tablets went missing. And when I tell you, I looked everywhere, 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 and couldn't find it. And um, I started to wonder if it was spirit interference. Well, then I had this reading scheduled. I never know who I have. I try to go by first names if I can, um, if, if, or, you know, just I'll have their name, but I don't have any of their information. And so, or I didn't know who she had lost in spirit. So she comes to me and I'm giving her the reading and the little girl, all of a sudden she, this is one of those objective clairvoyance moments. Uh-huh. She's standing at my sofa and I look and I said, you lost a little girl. And the woman just broke down Oh, geez. and I said, your daughter's with you, you know, and I didn't really know the circumstances of the situation. Um, but the little girl kept saying, mama, it's okay. Um, and then uh, after the reading, 
I felt the little spirit kind of move because at this point she was gone from my eyes again, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and that time she had appeared in a, like strictly a shadow. Like it was the full shadow of a girl, a little girl. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and so I lean over and I just felt the movement by my sofa and there was the tablet just, you could see it peeked out oh, wow. from underneath the sofa. So I think I had, um, a moment of um it was an aport perhaps or uh-huh. maybe she'd just taken it to play and um maybe hmm. maybe she was holding it hostage until i did the reading <laughs> <laughs> wow, that described that 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 explains a lot of stuff that's missing in our house so there you go <laughs> it's not just the dryer you might want to answer the call of the spirit <laughs> yeah yeah, well, thank you very oh, much, Angela. This has been great, Angela. Yeah, this oh, has been very interesting. I've really enjoyed it. This has been a lot of fun. I so yeah. appreciate you guys. Yeah. And well, I'll send you the link, John. John, hello, John. I'm so here. Yep. 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 When is this going up? Uh, well, and we'll talk about talk about it more later. But we'll go ahead and put this one up today. Okay. Right. Okay. So great. I'll send you yeah. the link. Yeah. Super good. And, and Super audio, good. audio today and video TBD. Now, but yeah. Now, explain to people how to get in touch with you in case anybody wants to get have a reading. Awesome. Um, they can go to my website, uh, www.angelawilhoft.com. It's um, A-N-G-E-L-A-W-I-L-L-H-O-F, as in Frank, T as in Tom. And um, I also have a Facebook page where I do a lot of posting. And um, I'm starting up a blog. And hopefully the Facebook will sort of lead people to that blog. And my Facebook is Angela Wilhoft Spiritual Medium. There's a okay. comma after my name. Great. Oh, there's one other question I meant to ask you oh, uh, before we go uh, do you do any kind of preparation when you do a reading do you uh do breathing or do you meditate so, or you know i've got this thing i've been doing from the very beginning um when i entered into metaphysical work you have to remember that i was still um and i consider myself to be a christian spiritualist so mm. I'm, I'm sort of like a blend of two if i have to have a religion so i do this prayer um, and it is, uh, you know, God, I make myself available to you. Let me be your instrument. Um, lead me to those you wish to reach. Give me your messages mm-hmm. and the moment to deliver it. All that I know of myself, I give to all that I know. All that, all that I know of myself, I give to all that I know of you. And that prayer was found in the back of my grandfather's Bible, um, right uh-huh. when I was entering into the world of uh, mediumship and sort of I was doing this weird blend between, you know, how do I hang on to the, the what is my typical church experience or do mm-hmm. I really step out and embrace the metaphysical life? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found that prayer then and I thought this is everything that I feel and want to say. So I do that prayer and I sit quietly before I connect with spirit. And it seems to work. Was your grandfather a medium? That was my first thought. So (laughs) it's funny you ask. I'm not certain, but I find that most mediums have some sort of obsession with death. And he Mm. worked at a funeral home. Okay. That's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's been great. Thanks so much. This has been awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for all that you do. I do have to say a big thank you to both of you because it was your YouTube, um, a YouTube thing you did back in 2016 that really led me back into the metaphysical. It was, you were a big part of that as well. And I meant to say that earlier um, because you were- you were working know. on synchronicities and I think it was just a replay of a podcast that you'd posted on YouTube or oh, something. Yeah. Somebody, we probably so, yeah. We were a guest yeah. for somebody else's podcast. That's what it was. That's what yeah. it was. Okay. Okay. And it was about your work in synchronicity and stuff. And that really, and I think I emailed Trish back then and told oh. her um, some stuff on global empathy because I was kind of opening up to some of my gifts. Oh, interesting. Wow. Wow, I'm gonna have to go back to my old emails or look. I <laughs> know, <laughs> right? It might have been through Facebook Messenger. I'm not really sure how it uh, how it connected. I'm not yeah, sure, but yeah. So thank you for what you have done for this community. Well, also as soon as you've got a book out, please yes. contact us. I sure will. I sure okay. will. I love to have to you on again. Oh, thanks so much. It's okay. been a real pleasure. Y'all you have a great. good day. 
Have right. a good day. Thanks, Take guys. Care. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks for joining the Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.